Hello, you're listening to the Insights for Entrepreneurs podcast series with KPMG Private Enterprise. I'm Ian Kyo, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the four business cases for Irish companies of all sizes to justify investment in climate and the broader sustainability agenda. To do this, I'm joined by Russell Smith, Head of Sustainable Futures with KPMG. Russell, your department has been advising companies on these issues for years. But I think it's fair to say that over the last year in particular, climate action and sustainability has become one of the most important challenges facing pretty much every boardroom. Yeah, 2019 has been the year where this has moved from being a, region, a reasonably marginal issue to being one of the major boardroom uh, issues affecting companies. Well, it was kind of seen as that sort of corporate social responsibility piece, the nice fluffy piece. Now I think people are looking at it in an entirely different way. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, this has been on the agenda for, for, for nearly 30 years. In reality, more has changed now in the last 12 months uh, than over those three preceding decades. And that the change has been, whereas companies have previously adopted it from a CSR perspective, where they've been keen uh, to, to be seen to be a good uh, party in society, they're now looking at this as being a real value driver. And the value driver and where this is now making economic sense is where the big differentiator boards are saying that unless they embrace and make changes and adapt to this, there is potential for erosion of value. Uh, and that is why it is now firmly on the boardroom agenda. We'll deal with the four business cases that your department uh, has identified. But before we, we do that, I mean, it has been generally seen as the preserve of large multinationals, large global corporates, that they're the people investing in climate action and sustainability projects. And smaller companies have been looking at it saying, do we really need to invest? Is it worth our while? Yeah, what is particularly compelling about this agenda is that it matters to almost every single business and every single organisation and potentially every single citizen. Um, and, and we're advising not only large corporates, uh, but also down to small companies. We're down to individual farms and farmers who are wanting to play their part in, in decarbonising and making their business into a more sustainable enterprise. So the full gamut. Let's look at the four business cases that, you, that you've identified. And the first one is, it's actually interesting. It makes sense when you say it out loud, but most people probably don't think about it as much, which is long-term orientated companies are simply more successful. And climate action and sustainability feeds right into that. Yeah, like when, when we set out the, the, the concept of this thought leadership document, a lot of the rhetoric to date is actually quite negative. It's talking about the risks and what will happen if you don't embrace it and the challenges. We wanted to turn that on its head and actually, are there four strong, positive looking business cases? The business case that if you adapt and embed this within your business, there's actually positive outcomes. So out of the four business cases, the first one then was this long term um, uh, horizon and, and perspective. So. A lot of companies are nervous about adopting this because they say, look, is this going to cost me money? Is it going to put me at a competitive disadvantage if I embed this or, or take on additional costs or look to decarbonize? And we've, again, looked at, at some empirical evidence and, and some proprietary empirical uh, research. So we've taken over 350 public listed companies and we've looked at some of the metrics that would define whether they're looking at a long term horizon, such as uh, CapEx, um, investment, uh, staff retention, and then other companies that look at more short-term measures, which is uh, share buybacks and 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 and, and focused on on short-term profitability. So there's an awful lot of data and evidence to support this, Russell. 
Yeah, the empirical evidence is very clear in this point. Those companies which have a long-term outlook are seeing significant improvements both in revenue growth and in earnings growth over the long term. And there's a similar point back in the political sphere. Um, David Attenborough made a very good uh, point very recently. He said that it's very hard for politicians to take sh- long-term decisions whether in a four- or five-year election cycle where some of those decisions are not going to be seen or felt or know if they've been successful for maybe 10 to 15 years. But our results are showing that you have to break through that fear of short-term uh, impact uh, to see the long-term benefit. I suppose that's where the whole sustainability agenda comes in, driving it forward. So if you if you, if you get in there early, there are there's gains to be made. Absolutely. And the second business case that you've identified, Russell, is around new revenue growth and cost reduction opportunities, which is what every company looks for ways to increase their revenues and drive down their costs. Yeah, look, we consistently hear from our clients that they're concerned about embracing this agenda, that it's going to be a cost, it's going to be a drag, it's going to be a competitive disadvantage to their business. We see it as a very different angle. One of the first things we advise companies to do is to to look at energy efficiency. So actually reduce the amount of energy they're using, reduce the carbon intensity of their business. And by doing that, they're going to not only save money, but they're also going to reduce the and increase the resilience of their business from carbon and energy pricing shocks. And where are you seeing the ways that they can increase their revenues? Is it new markets, new ideas, new concepts? Yeah, so there is a societal shift and the appetite of, of consumers is changing. Like we're seeing stats where 75% of millennials are now making spending decisions and purchase decisions based on sustainability. You know, we're seeing big growth in, in products from the likes of Unilever. Like 70% of Unilever's revenue growth has come from their sustainability uh, sections and divisions and products. So these big shifts present opportunities. Those companies and sectors that are able to differentiate themselves, to position themselves as leaders in the sustainability uh, agenda, are going to be able to attract and differentiate from their competitors. And is it just the obvious sectors like maybe food, agri, renewables, electric cars are kind of being implemented across all sectors. Yeah, so, you know, virtually all sectors, this is relevant. There is difference. So the empirical evidence is that consumers do have different thought profiles across different sectors. So, for example, you know, one of the sectors that is, is getting an awful lot of focus at the moment is, is clothing uh, and the, the, the throwaway culture. And that is is becoming a big uh, consumer trend. Equally in household products and chemicals, people are looking for sustainable and low environmental impact products. Other sectors such as travel, actually you see a lower percentage and mainly because people aren't being presented with options at the moment. So when you're talking to companies, large and small around this, about ways to you know, identify new markets, how does that process go? Yeah, so we have a, a fairly tried and tested process now of guiding people through that journey. One of the first things we do is what's called a materiality assessment. We go into a company and try and understand what are the material parts of their business which do impact on this agenda. We then talk to their stakeholders and understand what is relevant for their stakeholders. And there will be different parts of this agenda relevant for different companies, different strategies for different companies. And, and our job is to go in and find which are the right ones for the right, for the right companies. Okay, business case number three new sources of finance. This is, this is a big thing. Every company is out there looking for different sources, cheaper sources of finance. But the green agenda, to call it that, there's an awful lot of money rowing in behind it. We've talked about consumer demand shifting. We've talked about um, other levers of change. One of the big levers here is going to be regulation. And one of the big areas that regulators are focusing on is capital. They're looking to find ways of redirecting capital away from the old economy, away from carbon-based businesses, and refocus it onto sustainable uh, new world economy. 
Uh, and this is where we're going to see a lot of change. Their aim is to make it more expensive and harder for companies that are not embracing this agenda to access capital. And there comes the opportunity. Those companies that do embrace this agenda, those companies that do have a sustainable outlook are going to find it easier and cheaper to access to capital. They're going to access to new forms of capital. And again, we're helping our clients and our customers understand how they reposition and access this. This is a big, it's a big policy agenda in Europe and it's filtering its way down to the banks. So we see all the advertisements about we'll support you, you know, in your in your sustainability drive. So you can actually get access to cheaper finance. Absolutely, of course you can. And, and the banks, like banks are putting in lower mortgage rates for consumers uh, who have energy efficiency in their homes. They're offering cheaper loans to businesses that are, are promising to go on this agenda and delivering on this agenda. Like we have been helping, you know, if you look at the banking sector, we have been helping the banking sector for years, looking at, at, at resilience of their business to, to capital shocks and to interest rate shocks. Going forward, those banks are also going to be tested on their resilience of their portfolio and of their loans to the climate agenda. And what would happen to their business if carbon doubles, etc. So, so the banks themselves are under pressure to ensure that they are aligning their business with sustainable companies as well. And it, it's not just it's not just banks. I mean, there's funders, there's venture capital funds, private equity funds who are almost investing almost exclusively in this area now. Yeah, so we're we're undertaking a, a, a lot of, of work in, in in inward investment into investment in wind farms, into solar. There is just a wall of capital. There is a wall of capital looking to get exposure to this sector. The fund managers and those who are allocating capital are generally of the view that long-term value is not to be held in companies that are in the old carbon-based economy. They believe that long-term value, so short-term value, yes, is maybe still there in oil companies uh, and, and in certain sectors, but they're increasingly of the view that long-term value is going to be those businesses that are sustainable and have a long-term outlook. And the fourth business case that you've identified, Russell, is around people. It's about how the climate agenda can help companies retain and attract high quality people. There's not a business we speak to that the employee question and the millennial generation don't come up. The millennial generation, which are are the predominant new workforce coming into our our businesses, have a very different outlook in life. Survey is saying that 75% of millennials will be willing to accept a lower pay if they can work for a company that they believe in that has the right sustainability and long-term outlook. So they're looking for a mission. They're looking for a mission. They're looking for different things than maybe previous generations would look for. And those companies that can position their company to align with the workforce and the changing societal demand will see a benefit in recruitment and retention. Like we've been talking with and meeting with a lot of the big, say, oil majors around the world. One of their biggest risks is how do they attract new graduates coming out of university to go into what some people see as an unsustainable industry. So this is a real problem, which is getting real attention at the boardroom level. And if whatever about millennials, kind of the generations coming through after that, the Thunberg generation, they're even more invested in this culture. Yeah, like I've got young kids at home and the young, my young kids, you know, who, are, who are, are seeing this agenda and they're growing up with this being a major, uh, a major topic and they're going to be the future workforce and they're going to be even more uh, engaged into this agenda. It's called Generation Alpha, which is coming, uh, coming next. We've gone right full circle back to, back to, back <laughs> we to, have. Back to A. So I suppose the key message across all of those four business cases is that with a bit of investment and a bit of thought, you can have an economic return regardless of the size of the company. Yeah, so see, we want businesses to see this as an opportunity. It's an opportunity to embrace. It's an opportunity for Ireland to embrace an agenda which is on a global megatrend. And we are certainly very keen to be helping and assisting our clients on that journey. Russell Smith, Head of Sustainable Futures with KPMG. Thank you very much for joining me. You've been listening to the Insights for Entrepreneurs podcast series with KPMG Private Enterprise. For more podcasts in this series, visit kpmg.ie.